What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 11 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and video game adjacent stuff. Join with me, as always, is Epic Game Store hater Joel DeWitt. Hey, Joel. What a save. What a save. What, what a save? I can't wait to see how civil game chat is in Rocket League now. I miss those sarcastic congratulations after you miss a block, or those false swears. Anyway, this week, gotta go fast with top Rocket League betrayals and news. We got our chef hat on with the backlog blog, and touch on some exciting Super GG radio news before we go. But first, as always, Early Adopter. Early Adopter, where we play alphas, betas, early pre-release demos, and just some new games. This week, me and Joel shared the duties by playing Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. This game is just silly. <laughs> I, You know, I had a lot of fun with it, and I, I, I like to find interesting ways to play some of these, and this is another one of those not-your-usual-party games for me and my friends. Did you, uh, how, you only played solo, though, right? Yeah, I, I well, let's let's uh, define what solo means. Uh, I did sit with my sons and, and let them play around with it a little bit with me first mm-hmm. uh, before they went to bed. See, now that, that's a good idea. But, well, th- there's just, so my sons and I have something in common where the first thing we wanted to do was try to break the game. <laughs> and I, I guess we should set the table a little bit. A totally accurate battle simulator on its face has two different modes, and it's a early access game on Steam. The two modes are a campaign where it sets you up with different scenarios where it'll be a red side and a blue side. You're controlling the red side and you're given a limited number of credits or points where you can assign different unit types and they're through different times of battle. So it'd be like medieval or Eastern influences like ninjas and stuff, or even like farmers and halflings and weird stuff like that. I like the, and, I like the caveman a lot just because it was real silly to watch them with like their, like you fight people with swords and shields and they just got, they're just throwing rocks and stuff. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's, it's primitive. <laughs> and especially when you get the elephants involved, it gets real, real silly. So they set you up in these combat scenarios where there will be one giant army and you could pan the camera around, look in the bushes, look in the trees, see everything that they're bringing to the table. And then they give you a value of how much you can spend for your troops and you can mix and match from all of these different types of fighters and Vikings and Greeks and Romans and whatever you like. You throw them in there based on how much each unit costs. There's varying costs throughout each type and each level is just different combat scenarios. Sometimes it's one-on-one, sometimes it's a full army. And it's worth noting, each of the different units have a sort of rock, paper, scissor sensibility because some units will be stronger against others or weaker against others. So ones that are more shielded might be a little less killable by archer units, whereas some of the uh, quicker ones might be a little bit weaker in general. But if you pile them on, they might overtake the enemy <laughs> forces just by a sheer force of will. <laughs> so so one of, the, one of the segments on the campaign... I'm sure there was a legitimate strategy they wanted you to use. I just piled on a bunch of halflings, and it was like a tidal wave taking over all the enemies. Like those zombie hordes in, in uh, that with that uh, the movie with Brad Pitt. Days Gone. No, yeah, like Days Gone. <laughs> World, World War Z. World War Z. <laughs> World War Z. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I found a little bit more uh, interesting to me was the fact that it doesn't always play the same. If you lose your scenario, you can just hit play again, and sometimes you'll you'll win. It's all a dice roll. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's that's the thing you have to come to terms with a little bit, and something I grappled a, a little bit in the time I played with it before now. There was a scenario where you are gated in two small corridors, basically, and I figured out that you could place units on top of buildings. Mm-hmm. So after struggling for a while, I thought, oh, I'll put archers up there, and then I'll put bards, which sort of get aggro from the enemies and get them to follow them. I thought, well, I'll put a bard down there, and have them run across the street, and then I'll have the archers sit on top and pot shot them until there's like almost none left. And then I'll put a few knights at the end to sort of finish them off. Well, you hit start simulation, and they all just start walking off of their posts, <laughs> walking <laughs> towards the enemies. Yep. So it's like, no, no, you're being too stupid to <laughs> figure out my strategy. You need to be smarter than this. That's why I started positioning them in very specific places where I'm like, you can't die here. This is the this is a yeah. foolproof plan because there's one map that's a river in the middle and you have to have them go over the bridge because if you don't they just walk right into the river and die instantly. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what what the so, the one thing to note about this also is that all of the combatants all have sick, like really silly googly eyes and almost minion like qualities. When they're colored uh, red or blue, it's just that's their skin tone, and they look like minions, just real silly, and make really silly like kooky noises. They they're talking like almost simlish. I want to say. Yeah, they're they're all they everything in the game looks like it's made of clay, kind of. Except the the background environments, they try to shade it and color it in a way that makes it look like a background. But the characters themselves are mostly the one single color of the side they're on, so they they look like these facsimiles of Gumby walking around over the battlefield and they've got that kind of sway and rubberiness as they're walking around too so if they run into another enemy unit they'll be sort of pushing and pulling against each other if they get caught on each other or similarly I had one situation where there was just one bad guy left and I had two spear throwers and the enemy got caught behind a tree and was just laying over a trunk and I just sat there watching for a minute straight while my spear throwers were trying to hit him and kept on hitting the tree instead over yeah. and over again until it finally gave out and they actually hit one but it's it's definitely that kind of weird floppy jank that it's not supposed to be precise it's supposed to be just as much about making you laugh and seeing the silliness out of it so uh, what happened when you were playing with your boys so the first thing we did was go into the sandbox mode, which is the other main mode for this early access game. And of course, you can put different backgrounds on it. And if you choose simulation, it's basically just a grid on the ground. So we like went the with Matrix? simulation. No, not like <laughs> the Matrix. Anyway, <laughs> so what what do you do when you first look at the screen? You pick a unit type and you hold down the left click and you just drag it up and down like you're trying to shade in painting on MS Paint. Yeah. <laughs> so so you started on one side and chose a pretty basic unit and just went up and down, up and down until the left hand side was filled. The right hand side, we picked a different unit and went up and down the same way. Added a few elephants for good measure. Of course. And hit start, the dame chugged furiously for a good five seconds. Blurry, delayed everything and then it crashed <laughs> it's awesome that you crashed it my, my son's first comment is well what happened why why did you turn off the dame <laughs> <It's> explained <laughs> to him no i didn't turn off the dame buddy i broke it <laughs> <laughs> but uh so so the next half hour while they were still awake was spent going through whatever scenarios we could to try to break the dame again because that was more funny to them than actually trying to create some sort of balance scenario. And then we got to another point where instead of crashing, it just chugged and chugged and chugged for about two minutes straight where it was going about one frame per second. And they got bored and went to watching Pokemon. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, from my experience, I had, uh, like I do, I have a, I'll have a friend over, or I'll be playing a game with my wife, and we'll be having drinks and just relaxing, and then I'll go, well, let's try this one out. And I throw it on, get scenario one, I set it up, I show them what to do, how I'm doing it. All the different units, I give them an example, what's going on, I play it out, and they all, you know, they, oh, that's pretty cool. I'm like, okay, now I have it on my TV, I'm at the PC, tell me, what are we going to do to fix this one? This combat scenario, what should we throw in there? What would get weird? What would get crazy? Let's just try to think of what would be the funniest setup to put here. And we all just kind of go nuts. Uh, my friend Steve was really a uh, strategist with it. He was thinking about it. He looked like he was really taking the time to like, okay, they got rocks here so they can hide there. And he was being a real big strategist. And uh, my wife, Beth, was just like, what about another elephant? Do, do, can, can we, do we have enough for another elephant? It's going to be real good. Let's put it together. It's going to be three elephants. It's going to be chaos. Let's go. I'm like, okay. So each each time I was playing with somebody, I just kind of let them take the reins and we'd put in these scenarios and just had a really, like, just had a blast, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, the, just the, it's kind of like Dane Beasts in that it has that sort of floppiness, uh, goofy motion that can really just present some absurd looking waving around and, and back and forth that can induce a lot of laughing and, and just uh, uh, stupid fun. So that that made sense to me that you guys could find a way to make it a multiplayer experience too. I I, I tried to sit down with Kelly at one point before we recorded to give it a shot, but uh, time got in the way and, and the office. So um, <laughs> she has her priorities. Uh, I was going to say that, yeah, that's the main point of it for me to make it a little bit more fun is to they have a really good camera control when you set up these scenarios and you hit fight 
there isn't uh, you don't you have no control over your own you know uh, your own troops so for me it's zoom in real fast get tight in those angles be right up in their face in the chaos hold down left click and it's slow-mo time and you everything slows down the sound the sounds slow down you see their their eyes turn to x's when they die they're spinning around it's like these googly people speaking in simlish just like flapping and slapping into each other See, that's funny to me. I, I didn't zoom in or slow down too much. I usually just was wanting to look from the top-down view to get a sense of, like, oh, okay, was this going to be successful, or did I, I bone myself on actually accomplishing this route? And the, one of the nice things about it that I noticed, too, was that at any time during your attempt, you can hit the tab button, and it'll just stop it and set you back to the starting point of setting your units yeah. where you left them off. And then you can sort of make adjustments or clear the whole field and try again has that really good sort of like quick start over feel to it if you know what controls to put into it oh yeah i, th- I think i'm going to continue to use this for parties just because it's it, it can get a lot of people into uh, into something big and uh have all everyone can have, pick a piece pick a part of it pick like okay i'm gonna be i, I think we should throw more vikings and someone goes what about zeus zeus is a unit that's cool throw zeus in there <laughs> I think I think my favorite one that I ran into was the dragon. Okay. And, and the dragon, it's it's not a legitimate dragon. It's like y- you know, in a movie when something's happening in like China or something, it'll be like the four or five guys with the poles mm-hmm. walking around with like a float of a dragon. Mm-hmm. It's that. <laughs> it's it's like they'll they'll walk around like that, and then the dragon will actually shoot fire. <laughs> but there there was one scenario where I put five dragons versus five dragons, and they don't insta kill each other when they hit with fire. Mm-hmm. So again, the AI is dumb, so they'll just watch straight towards the nearest enemy as they're shooting the stuff. And it became less about who killed who with the fire, and more like one dragon would start pushing against the other dragon unit and tipping them over. <laughs> And just bumping into them enough times to where they eventually die instead of actually flaming them to death. Is that the... What uh, units are that? It's... it's. I mean, it's, it's literally just dragon, but it's in the same tab with, like, the ninjas and that, that's, monks. That's kind of what I was getting to, is I think that the game has been updated since I played, because we never got the ninjas yet. They're, they're still... Uh, it is in Steam Early Access, so they're still updating and adding more units to it. And uh, in my case, I have not seen that yet. Right, I think they have a couple more that they're working on too, including, I'm not sure if the Vikings one is done yet or not, hmm. but I, I did notice that there were there were two tabs in the far right of the menu that said coming soon when you select them. So it, it looks like that's one of the big ways that they're going to expand upon this game as it's in early access, is to just add more units. And I mean, I'll say that if you look at the campaign, there's a lot of different levels Mm-hmm. So, I mean, more power to them if they add more, and I'm not going to complain about that in terms of content, but it's pretty comprehensive, actually, when it comes to, like, the different level sets that they provided. So, I, I kind of think leaning heavily into the add more ridiculous units, different eras of combat to draw upon might be the prudent way for them to really evolve what people are doing to get out of this game, which I think I think the sandbox is where this thing's really going to have legs over the long run. No, com- I completely agree. That's that's why, I, like, you just... I, I played two, three, an hour and a half, two hour sessions, so I played a total of around six hours, and in that time, I, I, I'm I I'm still excited. You told me there's ninjas. I'm like, well, I gotta get back in there now. I have to play it because of the ninjas, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's... If the, them adding more gets me so much more excited for it. Right. This really scratches a similar itch to something like a bridge constructor for me, to be honest. Just the sort of... They give you an open ended problem Mm -hmm. and they let you choose how to solve that problem within a limited bit of resources for the campaign at least that sort of is a similar structure and it it still has that kind of hilariously bad results too in that in a bridge constructor you can make a horribly inefficient bridge that might fall apart as the car is driving through but it still accomplishes the goal similarly for something like this you can hilariously have 100 halflings running at a, a handful of uh, monks, but but maybe there's just so much that it's overwhelming and takes them over and slows down the game down to like 10 frames per second in the process, but you see just like four or five halflings per month climbing on top of them and burying them in, in <laughs> hobbits, <laughs> but it's stupid and funny and that that's the fun of it. Yeah, uh, I think that overall, I wanted to say that my favorite unit were these guys 
guys where they were one guy was pushing two other people in a wheelbarrow who were throwing rocks and he is driving that thing like he is that that's his job and he is tokyo drifting that thing around the map like nuts <laughs> It's that, that that thing's overpowered. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> Tokyo drift and take out four units at once. Yeah. I wonder if maybe like the unit costs are a little bit lopsided in some ways too, because you look at like the medieval settings, like the king costs an inordinate amount of money. And from what I can tell, I, I'm not even sure what value there is other than maybe he's a little more stout, un- unlikely to fall over right away. But he's like the most expensive one, whereas like the, the general knights are pretty sturdy and, and take a little bit to fall over, but they're cheap as hell. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the economy is that they're trying to balance on that or maybe if it's trying to give you a false choice of like thinking the most expensive is always going to be the best but then it's a bait and switch on some i'm not sure nah man that that king is a tank we we had a uh, one where we got kind of stuck and hit a hit a dead end where we were just hitting our head against that that king that king is, is beefy no really yeah. well maybe i'm just using it wrong i'm not sure overall i think that if they continue to add more units and uh some of the uh, the sandbox mode is still having a lot of fun you just keep updating with different eras i think this is a this will be consistently played around for my at least in my house I think this will be something I dip back into. The one thing I would maybe hope for is maybe some sort of uh, workshop access. I mean, think about the user-created levels that somebody could come up with with the campaign tools where they set the amount of units you're facing and give you a certain number of credits to buy units against. Mm Mm-hmm. It could be the Mario Maker kind of solution where it's an endless amount of content for whoever's willing to go through the trouble to make up the scenarios, you know? Oh, yeah. Regardless of what they do in the future, they currently have a really great game, and I think that the future is bright for it. But those units really do have some weird, creepy eyes, and speaking of soulless dead eyes that will haunt you in your nightmares, maybe that's too mean. (laughs) Let's talk about it next in the news. our news segment where we talk about the news but not all the news just the news that we find interesting and think that we can have some fun conversations with first things first sonic the hedgehog the movie trailer now i i, I want to start off by saying it's not as bad as the internet says it is it's just really hip to hate sonic and i don't know when that happened i i think it happened around the time that he started french kissing girls like real life girls <laughs> yeah okay I, I think a lot of people were really oh, upset by too- that 2006 is that the year <laughs> that that one came out I, I forget but uh severe lactic chili dogs i'm not not sure how i feel about that jaleel white um yeah severe lactic jaleel white uh, not you know hashtag not my sonic you know <laughs> but i you know I, I agree with you i mean that's the internet treated it like a calamity <laughs> and <laughs> I, I mean he he so anecdotally, my seven-year-old, I showed him the trailer the day it came out because mm-hmm. figuring he actually liked Sonic, so he'd be excited. And he was real excited to see the rings come around and then, you know, the, the blue blur go around. And then they show the shot. And the first things he said was, that doesn't look like Sonic. <laughs> so it's like he, even even my seven-year-old gets that this is, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> is something wrong with Sonic? Is he having a really bad day? Is he sick? It could it, it could have been closer to the game look, but I, I but there has been this trend where people will look back and say Sonic One and Two weren't good games, and I disagree. But I I grew up to on it. Maybe I'm too close to it. I I don't know. I there, there's something I am having trouble figuring out the line between what's legitimate criticism and people playing into how bad they claim it is, so they can come up with their own jokes and try out their bad stand-up routine online you know that, that seems to be a lot of what twitter and the internet's for anymore but you have to admit there's been a lot of good photoshopping going around a lot a lot of memes and a lot of photoshop like left and right i i've i've got like 17 saved on my phone because I'm like, oh man this is really good oh man this is also really good <laughs> <laughs> 
watch <laughs> anything about the the way that this information's been sort of rolled out over time for this movie <laughs> where it was like somebody took a snapshot on their phone of the poster with sonnet's legs draped over the san francisco the golden gate bridge right <laughs> oh, yeah. and then from this from the start it was doomed to a hyper reaction from people online about how they've they've ruined sonic <laughs> It's like, you know, you realize for a lot of people, Sonic was already ruined without without this movie's help. Of course, of course. But it, he has had a downswing since, uh, you know, I think I think it kind of started with Xbox. I liked I liked Adventure 1 and 2. They weren't the best, but I liked them. I think it was around the, that Xbox game was really, I think it was 360, right? Right, yeah. The So I, I dropped off with the site of Genesis, not for a lack of want, though, because I, I remember back when the Dreamcast came out, I would go to our Sears and see the display kiosk and sort of be drooling at the idea of playing 3D Sonic and seeing the, the level with the whale chasing you down. And uh, But yeah, that's where I dropped off. So I, I really haven't experienced what's considered the worst of Sonic. I remember the 361 having, I think, a minute and a half to three minute wait times like load times and they were but they were also between each mission and also each conversation so you would walk up to an npc minute and a half load time here's the quest uh conversation minute and a half load time now you're in the level so it, it, it became intolerable to do anything in that game oh yeah especially for a game that touts speed mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the total antithesis of what that game's supposed to be like now sit here and wait for a few minutes can, can we talk about the music choice for a second um, why who who well who owed coolio a favor uh, that's what i want to know who's <laughs> like oh, you, you know we should bring back let's restart coolio's career i i just I, it's such a there's so many remixes of green hill zone that are just banging why would why coolio I mean, I mean, I I understand using a licensed piece of music for this. Lots of movies do it. Made sense. Why Dancer's Paradise? <laughs> Why? I, there, there's like there is not even the loosest connection to what you envision Sonic as. I, I mean, because it's not like he's ever been a gangster. You know, I mean that may, maybe Shadow. <laughs> yeah, he was know. never hood. He was never really rap oriented. He was well, just a cool guy. Well, clarification: he he was never hood unless you bought those uh, kiosk mall T-shirts. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I have several. That then, then he was absolutely hood, but uh, that's besides the point. No, I mean you 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 think about okay. Fast mm-hmm. speed attitude. Gosh, there's got to be what a million different. <laughs> songs i mean i saw a cut of using uh, a queen song um what's the name of the song don't stop me now there, there you go it's it's quick paced it's peppy <laughs> you, you know it's it's energetic and it, perfect but and the thing is though is that that song has a feeling of you know not, don't stop me you know that these i'm letting loose and he's going crazy why gangster's paradise it doesn't say anything about that character at all as i walked through the valley nope in the shadow of death. If you say another lyric, we're going to get sued. Shadow. <laughs> that, that's the connection. Shadow. They're alluding, to, they're alluding to the sequel. We got there. We got there. <laughs> uh, two other things. This apparently was originally envisioned with Chris Pratt, but I think he turned it down. Only because that was the concept footage when it first came out. Was a, a, The guy looked like Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt being the cop? Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I could see that. Instead, we got uh, Cyclops. He seems like a nice guy. Oh, I, I've got no problem with him. He, he's going to be just the, the straight man experiencing and reacting to things. You know, that there's the, the structure of the movie, they've got to have that character, I assume. And, you know, he, he seems perfectly fine for that role. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll do just fine. Uh, and the last good thing about this, finally we get classic Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey-ass Jim Carrey. He couldn't, I couldn't be happier about getting him back to his roots get him slap happy let's get him silly let's make it let's have him doing some weird voices and wacky faces i'm on board i haven't been following jim carrey but uh it's it feels like it's been a while since we've gotten that version of jim carrey but you're right it was just it was it was manic erratic uh sort of crazy faces and or deadpan faces where a crazy face would make more sense you know but i'm interested to see you know what the full performance is because i'm sure i'll end up seeing this in theaters if my kids are remotely interested uh yeah and uh 
I think if you're going to make Sonic look a little human-like, he probably needs pants. Mm, I mean, Donald Duck doesn't wear pants. But Donald Duck doesn't look like a human. They changed Sonic to look like a human, put him in pants. Or don't make him look human. Detective Pikachu doesn't wear pants. And he's not looking like a human. He looks like a Pikachu. What about Mr. Mime? Mr. Mime looks human-like, and he definitely doesn't wear pants in that movie. (laughs) Uh, I am now Googling Mr. Mime, and does he have pants? It does kind of look like he has pants. It's close enough. No, no, that's part of his body. That's like that's like those uh, those models that have uh, painted on jeans. <laughs> it's, it's close that's enough. Camouflage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think I'll probably end up seeing this if only because I don't mind seeing bad movies and I, I think that seeing bad movies is just an experience of itself. I liked Love Guru and I saw Dragon Ball Evolution in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get over that one, huh? I mean, I, I wouldn't even attempt watching uh, Dragon Ball Evolution as a as a lark. Now that 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 looked awful, and from the moment that it was birthed. Also, may I add, I was the one that made you watch the Mario Brothers movie. You're... See, that was a good movie. <laughs> that 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 wrapped around from being so bad that it was good. You, you don't you don't appreciate that, but it's true. I don't I don't disagree with you. <laughs> That's why I made you watch it. So Sonic movie, I'll probably see it. Joel's kids may see it. He may nap through it. No, I'll see it. (laughs) I'll see it. So, Joel, you put on this other news story. Psionics, the creators of Rocket League, a game that I've probably dumped a good 200 hours in between PlayStation 4, PC. I haven't been a sucker enough to buy on Switch yet, but uh, they were bought out by uh, Shinra. No, excuse me, uh, Epic Games. Yeah. (laughs) Shinra. But, uh, well, I mean, they're they're literally Hitler, depending on who you talk to online. But, um, so yeah, that, that was a real surprise, because there was no indication or illusion that Psyonix was even considering being bought out by anyone. And really, Epic Games, I don't recall them actually buying developers at this point. They, they made exclusivity deals with some, especially with high-profile games coming out, but have they bought out anyone else recently? Uh, I, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm looking now, uh, but not that I was aware of. Uh, it looks like they might be there first. And, you know, it's, it's funny. My, my gut reaction, usually when I see these announcements about time exclusivity, is kind of like, whatever. You know, it's, it's still on PC. You have to deal with a separate launcher if you want to get it day one. It's not like you're not able to buy it at all. But for some reason, this hit me natively starting out. And it might have been the way it was framed a little bit, because the announcement came from Psionics, and they had like a, a Q&A document, but it answered basically nothing. It basically just turned itself back around to, this is going to allow us to add new features and do more events and stuff like that. And what's going to change? Absolutely nothing. And it's kind of like, well, that that seems a little vague and leaves you a lot of wiggle room to eat out the truth later. And then, lo and behold, the truth does eat out, including, like, it's going to no longer be on Steam once it's available on Epic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had to clarify after that that, owners on steam weren't going to lose access to it but that was something that wasn't clarified either which i guess rational minds might at least assume that's the case but there have been cases where games got removed from steam and then even if you own the license to the game that got removed too so it's we're in this age where the digital future is kind of a scary thing because nobody guarantees you having access to the stuff over time yeah i I will say uh like what i had deadpool deadpool the marvel game they they removed yeah. that one, but I think that they I think that they let me keep it, but I they stopped selling it for a short stint until they re released it. So right, right, but I mean I can't I can't remember which PC ones, but I know that on PlayStation Three, the Simpsons arcade game and the X Men arcade game, those are two examples where they removed it from the store and then you can't re download it. Or uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is like one of my favorite beat 'em ups over the last couple generations similarly has that same problem where I've got it on my PlayStation and once it's kaput, it's gone. And I I think I've said this before in a past episode, but it's it's a real grievance for me. But uh, that said, giving it a little bit of time, it's not that big of a deal for the most part. I'll say it's it's lame for people who maybe who haven't got it yet. Mm-hmm. 
because apparently Epic Store does not work on Linux and Steam does. So if you're wanting it on PC, you're going to have to buy it on Steam if you run Linux. Yeah. The other thing that's a big question mark is how long they continue supporting Steam users with things like uh, events and if you're into like the cosmetics, trying to get the new cosmetics and stuff, uh, or if there are going to be Epic exclusive ones that only work if you're a part of the Epic Game Store. You would think that it doesn't make sense from a money-making standpoint to cut off people from being able to buy loot box keys, but you wonder... Just, just based on the dynamic that Steam and Epic have currently. It's yeah. It's really combative, right? But the, the other thing, too, is, like, I am I know that the esports scene is something that they're trying to grow. And, you know, where I live, it's like, if, if you see Rocket League on TV at a restaurant, it's like, well, they must be doing something pretty big. So maybe, maybe this lets them bankroll bigger prizes or more high-profile marquee events that grows the sport so to speak that and i I was gonna say in that instance that you had referenced about uh, if there was gonna be steam versus epic at that point then they would have to make separate servers and so i kind of wonder what what that would entail as far as extra work is concerned segregating the core audience like that may not be feasible Unless, uh, well, I don't know. Is 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 that the case? Because I because the Nintendo Switch version has like Nintendo exclusive cosmetics, and you can run into Nintendo players if you're playing on PC or Xbox because they've got crossplay. So you could see it. It's just you you wouldn't be able to receive it because it was a Nintendo exclusive item. Oh right? yeah, I could see that the exclusives being there, but you guys would still be able to play with each other. Right, and you know me, the cosmetics aren't a big deal for me. I'm not going to go out of my way to try to farm it or anything, and I'm definitely not going to pay money to buy keys to unlock random loot crates for a chance to get something. But uh, that's something to consider, at least for people who do care about those things. Or maybe the fear that happened with Minecraft when Microsoft bought it out comes true, and you know, a year from now they release Rocket League 2. <laughs> then you know, anybody with Rocket League 1 is going to be left behind. You know, that, that leans more tinfoil hat concerns than what I want to veer into, but it's it's a thought that did cross my mind. Of course, of course. I think just the I think that the hate overall is, is a little over the top with Epic. The, people, the way people hate, you know, just throw all these theories out, or it's all crappy, and people still, people still just have this big, this beef with them, and even with this Rocket League thing, they're like, well, I guess I'm done with Rocket League, and no, no, just enjoy Rocket League, it's fine, it's, you can enjoy Rocket League and not like Epic, also, Epic is not that big of a deal. You know, it's tiring, and, and what's really tiring about it is people standing for businesses like this, like, you know, Steam is not your friend. <laughs> Epic is not your friend. No. They're a storefront mm-hmm. trying to sell you something, and they'll get away with what they can before it brushes the line of legality or what they can try to frame as good customer service. E- even ones with good reputations like Nintendo, they're not doing it out of a altruistic standpoint. They're doing it because they want to have that vision of what people perceive them as. You know, So I, I the, the fanboy console warish nature of it is ludicrous for a few ways for me about this kind of stuff but especially like the the strange like devotion to steam as some monopolistic juggernaut over the pc gaming industry is really strange to me it is to me too i just don't get it but these two stories tell me to stay away from those comment sections and youtube videos and video game articles also that video games might have been a mistake anyways no no, video game comment sections were a mistake. Very true. And user reviews. Eh, debatable. But let's take a break and head into the blog. Backlog blog, where we take some time to appreciate those impulse buys and that one game in that humble bundle we bought that one time, but we never got a chance to play. <sighs> I'm looking at you, the witness. <laughs> 
So no, I probably won't play that. <laughs> so Joel, you came to me this week and you were talking about uh, a game that I have played quite a bit over the last year or two, uh, just here and there, just playing like ten minutes. Uh, you picked up Cook Serve Delicious Two. Yes. So. Uh, for those who might not know, I sometimes do some freelance work for a Nintendo-focused website called Nintendo World Report, and in this instance, they had this game available for a review code, and I remember hearing lots of positive buzz from you back when you got it on PC, and figured that, well, it, it seemed like a game that would work really well on Switch, so I, I jumped in. So you got it on Switch? I, I didn't realize it was coming out on Switch. I, I may have to rebuy this game now. Yeah, I guess it came out earlier in April. I, I was not even aware. I mean, so many games come out anymore that you it's hard to keep track of what's being ported. Especially the Switch. Everything's coming to Switch now. which Except for the games that really matter. R.I.P. Persona 5. I don't know. Duck Game came out, so that's one. Oh, yeah, Duck Game. That'll be up here, too. i got to talk about that one. Back to <laughs> Cook, Serve, Delicious 2. It is a game where they put you as a restaurateur. You are in charge of this very generic, just a very 2D, not pixel, but very plainly drawn restaurant. And they give you this restaurant and they say, this is, this is what you could cook. And if in the beginning you're cooking hot dogs and hamburgers, you have to pre-cook hot dogs and then toss them on the warmer. And you do this, you do all of this setting up for when you get orders from customers, there's a lunch rush and you go basically a full work day beginning to end cooking these meals, putting together their orders, what they want, if they want ketchup, mustard, while also keeping your kitchen clean, taking out the garbage, cleaning the toilets, filling the soda machine with more ice. The interesting part about this game is the inputs. Yeah, so when you're looking at the screen, to your left there are six or seven different sections that are the incoming orders, and then at the top of the screen are staging areas that you can do prep work for some of the orders that if you do prep work, you can jump into making the meal quicker. If you don't do prep or work, you have to individually cook those items for each individual order. And then on the right is sort of your input screen, and you end up having to select the menu item from the left with one button when you want to try to make it, and then to your right is that input where you are putting the different ingredients. So for that hot dog, you'll if you cook it as prep work, it'll go straight to choosing the bun, and it'll be like regular, premium, or pretzel bun. And then you have to choose the one out of the three, and it'll be three different buttons that you have to choose from. And then from after that, it gives you a menu of the different toppings that you can put on it, where it'll be chili, onions, ketchup, mustard, uh, cheese, and each different order will have a different strain of those items that they want on their on their uh, order. So it really is about, okay, we're to select this order, understanding the order of operation you assemble the thing together on, and then holding down the left or right trigger to pick different parts of that menu to the right that lets you choose different uh, toppings or accessories to the menu. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I, it, it's easy to get tricked up with these inputs. You you kind of said you make a you get a bun, you get the condiments, but you could do it technically kind of out of order where it is to pull up the buns, hold left trigger, then you have X, Y, and B. These are your three options. So, okay, which one is X, Y, and B? Okay, which one does he want first? Okay, then, then it's like, okay, now I need condiments. Hold right trigger. Now it's X, Y, B. But if you want the second level, because there's more condiments even than that, it's right bumper and then X, Y, and B. And in this case, there's there's orders popping up. They all have timers. There's you gotta clean the bathrooms, and you got and each even clean the bathrooms. You gotta hit this input. Hold left trigger. Hit A twice, tw three times, four times. Kick, uh, cleaning, scrubbing the toilet. Go back now. It it just becomes a game of you trying to figure out where your fingers are at any given time on a controller. Also managing all of your orders to make sure you have food warm. The dinner rush is coming. Cleaning up, getting everything ready, and it's it's. It, and some of those, some of those inputs, like uh, um, the dishwasher, the dishwasher, you have to clean dishes and then like take them out, and it's a four or five different button input strain. But also part of that strain is you sitting there and waiting for the dishwasher to run and get done. So you get halfway through, have to sit there a couple extra seconds while it goes through before you can even complete the chain. All the while you're looking to your left and you're seeing your four or five other orders as you're waiting too long to do them. Them, the order starts to slip further and further to the left until it disappears. 
disappears, and then it's like a missed opportunity, and you get dinged on your performance for it. So you're seeing these slip away as you're trying to finish <laughs> these longer streams, and it's like shit, 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 <laughs> so it goes away. It, it it tests it tests your nervous energy because I feel like you can you can kind of snap on yourself and be like, son of a why no okay no th- that hot dog doesn't go i accidentally put cheese on that guy's nachos and he only wanted beans crap okay no okay no. yeah it could be downright stressful i mean that starting out that was my first impression was like this first level i'm stressed because how you do well is you memorize the order of operation for completing a certain order and in each level or restaurant has a certain number of menu items so the starting out one has like hot dogs pretzels I think they had nachos and something else. I can't remember off the top of my head. But those specific items will have their own order of operation to complete the order and then accessories that they might be tailored to. And then you move on to the next restaurant and they're going to have different menu items. So there's like a Chinese restaurant and I think there's a Mexican restaurant and there's like a ton of different levels. And so how you do well is rote memorization of what orders need what and then iterating on trying again and again until you got it down like a science like you're just you're just uh moving without thinking about it yeah and your fingers kind of you just get used to where your like the finger placements need to go you start memorizing everything and as the game progresses you get new and more different types of food uh you can get japanese food you know get a classic american you can get french food and it continues to progress where you just get to be part of these different restaurants and they score you bronze silver or gold and then they add an additional component where as you're completing levels you get unlocks unlocks are like a special kind of chair a special picture a background then you can use that to decorate your own restaurant which is downright garish I let my wife design mine, and there was pictures of dogs, and half the tables were polka dot, so that was kind of weird. So, so that's all the stuff I've been unlocking. You can, you can create your own. Yeah. I, I should probably look into that and see what kind of monstrosity Sonic tier level I can create. It's it's real ugly. It's real ugly, but it, it's it's very fun. It's it's very charming, the, uh, the game, because it's very pleasant. It's very corporate, you know, you know I mean, very corporate big smile on your face let's let's help the customer the best way you can and when you're good yeah actually the presentation is probably one of my favorite things about this game so at face value when you're first starting it out it kind of feels like a flash game (laughs) to truthfully like uh all of the the backgrounds like you said are very kind of basic kind of in some ways they're kind of bland depending on where you're at but you get to the actual cooking of the items and when you select something to cook and you're placing things together they're like these strangely high resolution images like they took photos of them and scanned them into the game and on top of that as you're adding ingredients like the piece of food shapes and then if it's something like chili or queso it like plops on top of the food on top of that with these really funny sounds and and it just it adds a bit of it adds a bit of feedback almost to what you're doing you know to also give you the sense that you're making progress as you go along but just the the tactile feedback feels good as you're going through the orders and seeing these things did assemble together and it's like yeah that's a good looking hot dog yeah we did a good job on that nachos oh shit that didn't mean to have jalapenos on that order it's part of what made it kind of a zen experience as you are getting in the groove of a rush hour and you've got it down. It, that also makes you ask what kind of monster likes broccoli on their baked potato. That sounds like something I'd tease my son with. Yeah, and you can do it, and people request it in the game. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no, that's, that's, why, that's why it's a video game. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same idea of like being a game around something that no rational person would have fun doing as a job, but turning something not fun into a fun experience. The the sound effects though do really also add to the chaos of your playing. So as you're going along and it's rush hour, you're seeing the customers mumble and grumble behind you. The dishes are clanging. Your your food is plopping on the plate, and it's just it's a lot of feet like like. Uh, audio feedback so it's meant to seem like a lot just on top of you and a lot of chaos going on so what was your favorite chore to do what was my favorite what chore oh my favorite chore uh, yeah uh i like the dumpster because uh as you play through the stage yeah yeah it gets more and more full <laughs> to by the end you're just stomping it with a boot 
Yes, and just just hitting that button over and over and over, and for for Switch, you actually feel a little bit of rumble <laughs> as you're hitting it. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, that that was satisfying because it's always like again, especially if you're in a rush, it's like hit 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 <laughs> to get it down, and then uh, using sanitizer and being done with it. I I definitely. I think that would be a fun Switch game to just pick up and like, oh, I'm going to go through a round real quick. I'm going to do one day of cooking as the chef in the, for a level and then just put it away. Exactly. That, that's been my experience. I have not touched it on a TV itself. It's always been in handheld mode. And I can't, frankly, I can't imagine sitting in front of a computer and playing it because that's, that's perfectly something that I want to sit on the couch, have right in my hand, have the controls right up to my face and feel like I'm just in motion completing the orders and trying to get the flow going. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just looked it up. $13? That's a great price for that. Yeah, I would have paid for it if I if I knew what I was getting into it. That, that's a fair entry price for this. Uh, on PC, are you using the keyboard? No, I was using an Xbox controller. Okay. Yeah, I, I was trying to imagine how, how you'd manage a keyboard on this, and I'm not... Yeah. I suppose it worked fine, but uh, I definitely would prefer a controller for something like this. You're now making me like interested in the idea that if I like, okay, hold Q, W, and the three key, and now start hitting B and A to pick your, you know, I'm like this. That could be really funny. <laughs> uh, maybe you try a multiplayer version where one of you chooses one half of the keyboard and the other one chooses the other half of the keyboard and see how well that works out. And now I have ideas for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Beth. <laughs> Overall, I rate this game delicious. I mean, it's it's probably not, especially on Switch, because they spray that stuff. That... It's called bitterant. Oh, okay. They spray bitterant on the carts. Uh, I, I've actually, uh, at, at parties, uh, dared people to lick it. It's it's a fun game for all of 30 seconds. Did you at least give them a fresh cart? Because that, that sounds bad. I should keep track. I should keep track. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now I want to give even more updates to Super GG Radio. Exciting times all around. So last week we kind of gave a state of Super GG Radio with additions of our WordPress blog and our subreddit where we're posting our episodes and going to be posting a little bit more. But now is even further. Just want to give a little uh, secondary breakdown where we have a Facebook now. Joel, that was your fault. I blame you entirely. Zuckerberg made me do it. Uh, no, just uh, another venue. It's going to be like Twitter, just a place for us to post the stuff that we're doing and a repository if there's anybody that is leaning more towards Facebook membership than Twitter membership. And we'll, you know, we'll see what we do with it, but it's probably just going to be another space for people to follow us. Of course. Uh, we're starting to work on some reviews on the WordPress blog. And uh, some interesting opportunities presented themselves for us to be able to interview with indie devs incoming in both text and audio forms for bonus content so that'll probably be on the subreddit on the wordpress on the facebook just something fell into our lap and i think that we're going to start chasing down some of these opportunities yeah that one's exciting to me i'm real curious to see uh what kind of conversations we'd have with the developer on that game yeah me too uh i haven't talked to a lot of developers only just here and there in passing so kind of excited to ask some of these these questions as somebody who is just now finding out how video games are made. Uh, We will also be starting a streaming series. We've been streaming here and there, hit or miss, me and Joel, different scenarios, different games, but we have uh, some ideas where we are working with a friend of Super GG Radio and streamer Kevin Hartwig, aka Kudos Blastfax, where he will be streaming on our Twitch of twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio. And we have conned him into streaming the greatest story ever told. Metal Gear Solid. All of them. Minus, minus, what about, minus Peace Walker. What about Metal Gear Acid? No. Um, Me- Metal Gear Revengeance? Yes. Yes, I, I want him to play that. Awesome. Game. All right. Fair. 
And uh, will we make offhanded comments and jokes in the future podcast regarding his progress? Yes, we will. And probably interview him on it. And will we join him via video chat and comment alongside as he's playing? Uh, that will probably be some things we jump into as well. The last big thing that we have going is that we will have next week a surprise rotating chair joining us next week and hopefully permanently our good friend Eric Gettinger. So we have some exciting stuff, exciting times, still growing, figuring out where we want to head with this, but I can for sure say the podcast will be the focal point throughout. Get ready for next week when we see how much free chicken we can eat during the course of the podcast. Wait, free chicken? Uh, I read that wrong. Fried chicken. Man, I should be paying attention more. (laughs) Oh, you you perked my ears up. (laughs) (laughs) You got excited for free chicken? (laughs) Well, I was wondering how you're doing to deliver on that promise more than anything. I can mail it to you. FedEx. Yeah, uh, yeah, I look forward to you sending me printed pictures of chicken. (laughs) And that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where, uh, bold statement, the wife and I have discussed streaming our Just Dance workouts, which will be embarrassing for all involved. But it will at least be a fun joke for our immediate families and keep us trying to work out more. What about you, Joel? No, my dad, nothing. <laughs> Are you modding PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Classic yet? I have not gotten around that to that yet. I've been promising myself to do that for the last two weeks, and we're two weeks in counting where I haven't done so yet. And uh, I, I owe myself and my wife a chance to go see Avengers this weekend, so we're going to be out of pocket for that. Oh, that's true. It's like nine hours. So Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, there's like 17 after credit scenes, so enjoy. Oh, great. Um, well, at least I don't know when to go to the bathroom. There you go. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the podcast app of your choice. Thanks for listening. And good game, Joel. Good game, Alex. <laughs>